0: One again, Christ is God. Yeah. Today I have the privilege um, to speak the Word of God. It's always a pleasure to learn the Word of God together with us, dear brethren. I'm going to read again, First um, Peter, chapter four, from verse one to eleven. And thank you, our brother. Uh, Makoha for reading uh, the word of of God to us so clearly it says this since therefore Christ suffered in the flesh arm yourself with with the same way of thinking for whoever suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin so as to live for the rest of the time in the flesh no longer for human passions but for the will of God for the time that is past services, for doing what the Gentiles want to do, living in sensuality, passions, <clears throat> drunkness, orgies, drinking parties, and lawless idolatry. With respect to these, they are surprised when you do not join them in the same flood of debauchery, and they malign you. But they will give an account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. For this is why the gospel was preached even to those who are dead, that though judged in the flesh the way people are, they might live in the spirit the way God does. Verse 7, The end of all things is at hand, therefore be self-controlled and sober-minded for the sake of your prayers. Above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for your word today. And it has pleased you, Lord, that we share this bread of life. Oh, Lord, I thank you, because your word is living and active and sharper more than a double-edged sword. We pray, Lord, that as we listen to your word, that your Holy Spirit is going to help us, Lord, to meditate upon it lord we pray king of glory the holy spirit may use me for your own glory lord just as the word says that him who teaches as if he's talking about the oracles of god lord we pray for your guidance in jesus name we pray and believe amen um, dear brethren going through the book of First Peter has truly been a blessing to us, and uh, last Sunday we were able to answer a few questions that members had asked, and I think it went well. We were able to tackle some of the challenges that believers face in the current society, and we related this with what the Word of God says in the book of 1 Peter, chapter 1, chapter 2, and chapter 3. And I hope that we were able to get blessed um, by that session. And also um, the beautiful uh, summary that was given to us by our brother, Patrick, for those first three chapters. Something that we should not forget about this book is the reason why Apostle Peter wrote it that we found in the summary and in chapter 5 of this very book verse 12 says this is the grace of God, stand firm in it we all know that what had been happening to these Christians, these believers they were scattered all over, they were facing persecutions because of calling the name of Jesus Christ being associated with the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior. So that we should not forget. And today we shall continue to look at chapter 4 from verse 1 to 11. I will give it this heading Suffering and pleasing God. Suffering and and pleasing God. And I'm going to divide uh, these texts into four portions. Um, The first portion we'll be able to find from verse 1 to 2, and we'll be able to look at Christ, our example in suffering. That's the first portion. The second portion we'll be able to get uh, from verse 3 to 4, and we'll be able to look at suffering enabling us to do the will of god then the third portion will come from verse 5 to 6 and we'll be able to look at judgment for the unbelievers judgment for the unbelievers and then lastly from verse 7 to verse 11 we'll be able to look at instructions to believers on how to live during these end times instructions to believers on how to be how to live during these end times. Having said that, dear brethren, we'd want to look at what verse 1 to verse 2 says. And we'll be able to get this that Christ is our example in suffering. The theme of suffering comes out so clearly in this book I've already said that these believers were scattered all over and they were being persecuted for the sake of Christ. And so this suffering is mentioned almost in all the chapters of the book. But one thing is striking about this chapter 4 that Christ is our example in suffering. Let us look at what it says. So the Bible says that since therefore Christ suffered in the flesh, arm yourself with the same way of thinking. For whoever has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. Christ suffered in the flesh, and we are Christians, we are believers. The Bible encourages us to arm ourselves with the same attitude towards suffering. Christians do as Christ did. We believers follow Christ, we are born again, we are calling on his name, he is our master. And we are being told that Christ suffered in the flesh and as believers we should arm ourselves with the same attitude. Christ understood that suffering was built for his purpose here on earth. So he expected it and as a result he was not surprised when the hardship came. Christ did not run away from the hardship and suffering. As Christians today, we must be prepared to suffer for Christ. So that we are not surprised when difficult times come. The difficult times will always come, by the way. They will always be there. The Bible talks about for whoever suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. This does not mean that we believers are sinless. No. But I want you to consider this. During this time, if you are calling upon the name of Christ, you, they faced persecutions, forgings, beatings, they were maimed. No wonder. The Bible says that they ceased from sinning. Why? Because they had chosen the path of following Jesus Christ. If you choose the path of uh, the path of following Jesus Christ, suffering is a must. I pray that we be prepared by this, that when we face these things, to not be very strange to us. The Bible says. That if, therefore, somebody is in Christ Jesus, he is made a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. These people have ceased from sinning. They have chosen to follow the path of righteousness, the path of our Lord Jesus Christ. In verse two in verse 3 and verse 4, we are getting this that suffering enables us to do the will of God. I want us to read what it says. For the time that is past suffices for doing what the Gentiles want to do, living in sensuality, passions, drunkness, orgies, drinking parties, and lawless idolatry. With this respect. To, uh, with respect to this, they are surprised when you do not join them in the same flood of debauchery and they malign you. This talks about the time that is passed for doing what the Gentiles are doing. We all know the ways of the Gentiles. They are all listed here. The Bible says living in sensuality in passions in drunkness, in orgies, drinking parties, and lawless idolatry. In a way, it was suggesting that this is how these Christians used to live before. They used to live like the Gentiles. But it is encouraging the believers not to live like that anymore. Time has passed for us to live in these orgies. Time has passed, Christians, believers, for us to be involved in this party, the work of the flesh. Time has passed for us to be found sinning, dear brethren. We should not do as the Gentiles are doing. We've just sung this song, Sikuku, (laughs) Yakumpokeya, Christo, Yesu. Do you still find, feel that joy when you received Christ? When you denounce sin in your life, how come that we are still living in those things that we used to do? May we consider this song, The things I used to do, I do them no longer. Praise the Lord. May we not be found to do things that we used to do that the Gentiles are doing. Passions, drunkness, orgies, drinking parties, lawless idolatry. Now, these Gentiles is something that comes out here. With respect to this, they are surprised when you do not join them in the same flood of debauchery, and they malign you. They badmouth you. Have you ever found yourself in a situation where you are being maligned for the sake of Christ? Maybe in my place of working, are you being maligned for the sake of Christ? Are they surprised? Are the Gentiles surprised? Are the unbelievers surprised when they see the real life? These things, we are not supposed to do them anymore. And the world will always get surprised that we are not doing them. The Gentiles, in the futility of their minds, May we not be partakers of that. And may the world be surprised that we are not joining them. The Bible says that come out of them, my people. We should be able to come out of the world. Come out of the sin that so entangles you. Follow Christ. If you are a believer, follow him. Look to him. Look to Christ. They don't do the things that you used to do. This is another form of suffering, by the way. Mm. And many Christians today we coil. We have coiled. Because of what others are going to say about us. We have coiled. We cannot. There's a time I used to greet. Uh, okay. Those times of growing up, and then someone just surprises you, praise the Lord, brother, in the crowd. And then you jibu, ah, very good, very good. <laughs> because you fear saying praise the Lord. This crowd that you are having, they know you very well. They know you. They know the things that you do. If your life as a believer doesn't shock, or surprise the Gentiles, or non-believers today, then may you rethink about your commitment to Christ. If your life does not surprise them, come on my ambao they are comfortable with it. Then we need to think about our commitment to Christ. But one thing that stands out, and this we'll be able to get from verse 5 and 6. But they will give an account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. For this is why the gospel was preached, even to those who are dead, that though judge in the flesh, the way people are, they might live in the spirit, the way God does. Yeah, brethren, it's not upon us to malign back. If they malign us, if they us. Yeah, believers may tend to malign back, but know that judgment is coming. Judgment is coming. For sure, the judgment of Christ is coming. Are we supposed to be comfortable with this? I should not be comfortable knowing that judgment will fall upon sinners. Jesus will judge both the living and the dead. Those who have not believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, they are since the lake of fire. May we not be comforted, but find fire in us to drive us to go and reach out to these people. Let's reach out to them. Let's tell them about the saving Savior, the knowledge of the sa- that they may come to the knowledge of the Savior. Verse 5 and 6 answer one of the history's most common excuses. People say that pleasure, that the the pleasure seekers, they will ask you, why waste your whole life doing God's will if you're just going to be there in the end? Why? Why why there's some questions like what if you go to heaven and then you find it's not there? Then what will you do with your life? That you are so sacrificed. May such questions not be found among us, believers. But non-believers will always ask these questions. But judgment is coming. These two verses is an assurance that even those that lived when they lived, when they believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, there is a vindication for them. They will live the Spirit of Christ, or they are living now the life with God. Judgment is surely coming. May we get out and preach this gospel. Dear brethren, from verse 7 to verse 11, about instructions to believers on how to live during these end times. This is what it says, the end of all things is at hand therefore be self-controlled and summer-minded for the sake of your prayers. In King James Version he's saying this, but the end of all things is at hand be therefore sober and watch unto and prayer. Brethren, all these things, all these pleasures that we see, they are coming to an end. Our brother Mark gave us an example last time. That what will be uh, there in, in five fifty years to come, what will matter? What will matter? In a hundred years to come, what will matter? What is it that will matter? Your life will not matter. It will only matter if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you walked in his ways. The sin that so easily entangles will not matter. Actually, it will cost you. my good life the education that i i have today will not matter your parents family will not matter what will matter the way you lived your life in christ blessed are those people who are born again i mean we have a lasting life what a hope praise the lord what a hope that we have Everything is coming to an end. The end is so near. But what is more important? What is more important? The end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be self-controlled and sober-minded for the sake of your prayers, lest lest be sober and watch unto prayer. Let's carry out this salvation with fear and trembling. It is just a gift that God has given. Let's carry it out with fear and trembling. Let's be sober and seek the face of the Lord in prayers. To Wombe, to Patekani, Kwamba, to Naomba. He is faithful, him that has saved us. Will keep us to the end. Praise the Lord. Mm-hmm. The importance of prayer. Are we praying? Are we praying? My wife always challenges me on that. Prayer. Let us challenge one another on prayer. Do we seek the face of the Lord? Do we commit everything to God? And nowadays it's normal. Let's watch unto prayer. Number two. So about this instruction, the first one is watching unto prayer. Mm. Number two. Loving one another, since love covers a multitude of sin. When the end of things are drawing near, even when Christ comes, will he find us loving one another? Are we, do we have this genuine love for one another? Loving each other is also a proper response to the realization that the end of all things is near, as mentioned in the prayer verse. Knowing that the day of the Lord could come at any time should cause believers to double down on our commitment to each other. Do you know the people that you will be together in paradise with? Believers. If our families are not born again, we will not be with them. It's, it's a very sad Okay. that should make us to preach to be, reach out to them you may love yourself love so, so much love in your family so much love in your family but it will end in the grave I wish that you loved yourself so much in the family and then in the kingdom we are to, we will, you will also be together what a joy brethren we every day, even today is special Today, it's special. Why? Because we are drawing nigher to the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are drawing closer to the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. May we be found loving one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ, just as God, through Christ, has forgiven you. Overlooking our hearts, your brother hurts you. You overlook it. Oh my daughter is there with the lady. Overlook it. I think. Praise the Lord. Mm. It is difficult for sin and resentment to flourish in a community that is rich in Christ's love. Mm. It's very difficult this community that loves one another the love covers a multitude of sin when you love you will not remember that all this person hurts me like this this I will not forgive know that love covers a multitude of sin multitude of sin number three how should we live during these end times, the end of things are near. Showing hospitality to one another without grumbling. Showing hospitality to one another without grumbling. I know sometimes we show hospitality, but ele maneno sutaonge after we nti, mamesaidi hivi, dada, hivi. A common idea. The Bible says that we show hospitality without rambling. And do we consider what these believers were going through? Remember they were being flogged, maimed, some were being killed. They were refugees all over. They, they could run and, and, and find refuge in people's place, in believers' houses. Could you consider that? People lacked that very, you know, sometimes you can give because we have a lot. But in a time when we're back in a yo pesakitogo san, ama and you I pray that God may help us. This we may not do with our own strength, dear brethren, but God may help us. so let us show hospitality without grumbling number 4 serving one another with the gifts we have as good stewards of god's grace or of god's varied grace now a steward is a person that is entrusted to manage the property of another person every good thing we have is by the grace of god and we need to use this to serve one another today we are in this fellowship here we have people that god has gifted in various ways have different graces may we use this to serve one another but not to boast about how supreme i am Mm. how best i can sing more than this person how best i can preach more than this person Whatever graces that we have, let us use it to serve one another. What a beautiful community of Christ with this be That cares for one another, that serves one another. You know, coming from materials, talking about material things here, just showing hospitality is about material. Loving one another could also be material, but now then it comes to so, even the giftings that God has given us, Do we use to serve one another, So when someone is preaching, ask to speak in the oracles of Christ. Whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, it's mungu ya kufanya zake tu May we use this to serve one another So when we speak to each other's words of encouragement, we are delivering God's words. When we sacrifice time and energy to meet each other's needs, we are drawing from God's own strength. And lastly, that we may glorify God through Jesus Christ. In everything, that we may glorify God through Jesus Christ. But as we serve, can you look at this community of believers? As we do this, our main aim is to glory who? Glorify who? The Lord. Not us, but to him who has dominion forever and ever. It's him to be glorified. Our lives, our talents, our homes, should be spent for the purpose of bringing God all the glory. Conclusion. You are here, maybe you haven't given your life to Christ. Can you think about these things? Think about how beautiful it is to be in God's family. Think about Christ's second coming. Where will you be? Think about Christ's love. But for the believers, do not consider suffering as strange. Some of the things that you are going through, do not consider them as strange. Christ suffered in the flesh. And so let us be prepared to be partakers of this suffering. Of all this hardship, this is not our home. We are living as pilgrims. Mm. This is not our home. I will repeat, this is not our home, as the scripture is saying. Mm. We have a home to come. May those things that so easily entangle us, may we have the sanctity of mind and the self-control To avoid them, because this is what our home will just pass us by. The end of the things will soon be here. We are going home. At long last, we will be going home. We will see the Savior face to face. Mm. We will see him. We will behold him. Love a hymn that talks about the hills of home are calling me. The hills of home are calling are they calling you, or will we live as permanent dwellers on this earth? May the Lord bless his word, even as we ponder upon this, that in him alone he may be glorified. Mm. Thank you.